The Legends of Earth, Chapter 17, Escape Jake, Hagaro, Yas, Graham, and Drizas gathered closer together around the depiction of the Taurus. The ship was enormous. According to the scale at the base of the figure, the body of the spaceship alone was 843 meters long, or nearly a kilometer. At the ship's tail was a titanic shock absorber, the size of a seagoing ocean liner. Clearly, it could be propelled by nuclear fission, just as Jake's ship could. In front of the shock absorber were several large, spherical propellant tanks. In front of these, most of the body of the spaceship was taken up by a transparent latticework, presumably enclosing a large, open space of some kind. The latticework must be incredibly strong, Jake thought, to withstand the abrupt acceleration and harsh conditions of nuclear pulse propulsion. Is this why you believe Tarsa has had dealings with the Taurus in the past? asked Jake. Hagaro nodded. Absolutely. We've looked over every inch of these blueprints, as well as the recorded sightings of the Taurus. The sightings agree precisely with what we'd expect from a ship of this type, traveling at relativistic speeds in a variable orbit around the sun. The blueprints were stored in one of our archives, in a large folder under the name Sonara. We think Sonara was the architect. The Taurus was designed right here on Tarsa. Not only that, though, take a look at this one. Hagaro indicated another of the blueprints. This one showed a detailed section of the Taurus, along with a module that was clearly designed for the attachment of solar sails. So now all we have to do is find this ship, said Jake. Any idea where to begin? He looked around at the alien faces. Each of them seemed to be at a loss. After a moment, Yas spoke up. I gather the ship leaves in its wake an expanding trail of radioactive material generated from its propellant. Could we perhaps use this to track it in some way? Jake thought this sounded plausible. Certainly the Orion had sensors capable of detecting something like this. It sounds possible, he said, and then added, we might also be able to calculate their trajectory based on the sightings reported by different pilots who've encountered it. If we map them out, perhaps we can detect a pattern. Does Tarsa have a database with information like this that we could use? It does, replied Jazas. We have a connection right here in the Resistance's stronghold. I'll plot out the sightings at once. With that, he hurried away. A few hours later, the group had devised a plan. The first step was to repair the Orion. Jake, Hagaro, and Jazas, it was decided, would fly back to the city in one of Jazas's ships, bringing the necessary components along with them. In the meantime, Graham and Yas would begin to organize a distraction, utilizing some of the resources the Resistance had accumulated. At a prearranged time, the Orion would make use of the distraction to slip away while the Telos were preoccupied. The Orion, Jake thought, could probably catch up with the Taurus, as long as the calculations Jazas had made about its trajectory were correct. The major hitch, it seemed, would be escaping a sizable Telos blockade around Tarsa. All ships entering and leaving the area were closely scrutinized, and Hagaro thought that the Telos would notice extra humanoids on Jake's ship, since he had arrived at the colony traveling alone. Nonetheless, Yas and Graham believed the distraction they were organizing would pull away enough Telos ships for the Orion to pass through unharmed. 
The group agreed that the escape would take place exactly one month in the future, and then they dispersed. About a month later, the date of the escape was approaching. Since Yas and Graham had taken on by far the larger task in organizing a distraction, Jake, Hagaro, and Jazas found that they had ample time to repair the Orion. In fact, the repairs had taken under a week, and Jake had spent the remaining time attempting to improve the ship and preparing it for what might be a highly dangerous journey. Hagaro had vanished as soon as the repairs were complete, saying he had something to attend to. However, Jazas had stayed behind, helping Jake acquire necessary components and new technology. In addition to its powerful shock absorber, the Orion now possessed a reinforced hull and several internal energy shields. Despite Jazas's pestering, Jake had refused to install several large railguns Jazas had found for him. It's not as though I need them, he'd explained. I have no desire to destroy any Telos ships. Besides, any that are trying to follow me will undoubtedly be thrown off course by my propulsion system. After having the Orion's propulsion system explained to him, Jazas had agreed that the railguns were not necessary, and he had transported them away to be used by the Resistance instead. With one week to go before the attempted escape, the other members of the group began to return. Yas was the first to arrive, walking into the hangar one morning as Jake was tinkering with the propellant tanks, working out how to increase their storage capacity. Jake put down his measuring equipment at once and welcomed Yas onto the ship. The small green humanoid seemed exhausted but enthusiastic. I've been on Pala, he explained as the two sat in the Orion's control room, sharing supplies from the ship's recently restocked pantry. A branch of the Resistance there is planning to help out. They've already secretly reconfigured Pala's rotation schedule, which should cause a burst of particle radiation just as we're trying to escape. That should throw the Telos sensors completely into chaos. They may have superior technology, but we built this place and we know how it functions. How's that for a distraction? Jake was impressed. Apparently, Yas had also spoken to a high-ranking member of the Resistance, convincing him to undertake a sabotage operation at the same moment, which would cause power outages across large portions of the two asteroids. Two days passed, and Graham returned along with a small cohort of the shelled humanoids. He had been traveling among the city's many diverse communities, rallying support. Ultimately, he said, he hoped his efforts would help catalyze a city-wide riot at the appropriate moment causing chaos and disorder throughout the colony. The Telos will have just short of a full-scale uprising on their hands, he remarked with a smile. This was grim news to Jake, however, since Graham's tactics sounded likely to cause casualties on both sides. Graham recognized this, and told Jake he thought it was worth the risk. His people had been confined to areas of the city that were essentially slums since the Telos had arrived, and they had been waiting for a chance like this to come up for quite some time. Another day passed, and Hagaro had yet to show his face, leading Jake to worry that whatever he was doing might have caused him to be captured. The next day was the last before the planned date of escape. As the day dawned, Jake watched the clock anxiously, awaiting Hagaro's arrival, and searching for any sign that he might be trying to contact them. The hours dragged by until two o'clock in the afternoon. Jake was standing by the Orion's landing gear, watching closely as groups of the tall humanoids of Hagaro's type tended to different ships in the hangar. Yas, who'd been standing above one of the hull compartments, 
abruptly skittered down to the hangar floor and came running over, saying he'd received a message. Hagaro was in a shop nearby with a large object he needed to transport discreetly to the Orion. With the help of several others, this was accomplished, and the group immediately began preparations for the coming escape. Hagaro was preoccupied with last-minute business, but told Jake to look at the object he had stored in the Orion's hull. Jake found it in one of the aft storage compartments, glowing and humming softly. Whatever it was, it was clearly ancient technology. After examining it from every angle, Jake hurriedly left it where it was and returned to the Orion's control room. Whatever Hagaro was bringing with them, he hoped his friend at least had a sense of the consequences having something like this aboard might imply.